This podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Lettering Quiz. Find out just how much you really know about letters by taking the quiz for free on martinafraud.com slash quiz. Enjoy. Uno, dos, tres. Welcome everybody to Letter Now, a podcast where we nurture the hand lettering masters of tomorrow today. My name is Martina Flor. I'm a lettering artist, author, educator, and the host of this show. And today I have an amazing guest to talk about freelancing, the good, the bad, and the ugly. How do you keep from burnout if you love what you do? What are the great things about freelancing and what are not the, the, not, the, what are the not so great things about it? And to discuss this, I have uh, invited designer, illustrator, and type designer, Scott Beersack, based in Phoenix, Arizona. So hi, Scott. Thank you for coming uh, to the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for having me. So Scott, I always ask my guests to introduce themselves and their work. So how will you introduce yourself and what you do? Um, yeah, I'm a full-time freelance lettering artist, illustrator, designer, um, but mostly focused within like everything typography. Amazing. So I'm going to add Scott's website to the show notes in case you don't know his work yet. And I'm so excited to be talking to you today because I feel that you have a unique identity as a designer. And I think I told you this when I when I uh, first invited you to the to the podcast. Um, if you go to Scott's website, his artist statement um, is no work, just play. And that reflects in all aspects of what he does. And um, not only his creative work for clients, but also in the way he speaks, like in the way he communicates, um, in the copy of his website, um, his approach to creativity. And, and, and with this, I mean that I really want to later on listen to all the, the latest creative explorations you have been doing outside of typography. Um, and also through his TikTok account, he periodically creates videos around the life of a freelancer that are hilarious. So we have um, an audio of one of them, right? Can we play that? Do you love not being able to buy your groceries? How about missing your electricity Jesus bill? Jesus Christ. Well, then getting paid and exposure is a thing for you. The magical, absolutely nonsensical currency that takes care of nothing. Wow, getting paid fairly for my craft was completely insane. Now that I'm getting paid in exposure, I live with my parents and I can't afford a single thing. Watch as your exposure brings you absolutely fucking nothing at all. Thanks, exposure. I freaking love this. Um, by the way, you can go check the rest of this TikTok um, video series on um, Scott's TikTok account um, at you bring fire. I will add this to the show notes as well. So when I discovered the first one, I couldn't stop watching and I went on the next one and the next one. So I think you will be hooked too. And that leads me back to you, um, Scott. And I want to kick off the conversation by asking you what what motivated you to do these videos? Uh, because what I find genius about them is that it turns frustrating things that we experience as freelancers into something that is very fun. And some, at times it even, it's even empowering. And um, I personally find it like really 
therapeutic, you say in English? Like therapeutic? Therapeutic, uh, I guess. Therapeutic? Therapeutic, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Um, it's so weird to, of course, sit in front of all of you guys and watch my own videos. <laughs> it's such a strange, strange uh, feeling and thing to do. But um, yeah, I think it kind of started because um, at the start of the year, you know, we're all going through this pandemic and I needed um, some way to sort of like change up my routine in a way. Um, so I told myself that I would post a new video on TikTok um, every day for an entire year. And that is a insane thing to do. Um, and I thought, oh, I can do this, no problem, because I did um, a Project 365 when I first started like my lettering career back in the day. Um, and I posted a new piece of work on Instagram every single day for a year. And that's kind of what projected and propelled my career into what it is now. So I thought I would do the same thing with TikTok. Um, well, little did I know, it's so much more work to, to like create content for TikTok. Um, so I ended up stopping the, this project. Like I did it for two and a half or three months. And then I was like, I can't keep doing this. Um, but uh, the, the sort of like comedic aspect um, that I try to approach in, the, in like my TikTok videos definitely was inspired by many frustrations that have occurred in my freelance career and just day-to-day -day life. Um, and it was, yeah, like you said, a, a kind of a therapeutic way of me sort of like getting it off my chest and working through these like frustrations um, in a way that was fun and ideally engaging. So I, I had a good time making them, but it, again, it's so weird to watch myself watch them again. <laughs> No, and that, I think that's such a good approach. And I think that's why I was so um, driven to these videos because I feel that, you know, I can totally resonate with the topics you touch on these videos. And I feel, I feel that at times as designers or freelancers or artists, we, we put ourselves in this position of being victims and like victimizing ourselves because we experience this stuff. And I bet that there's other disciplines mm -hmm. out there that experience the same things or have the same or similar stories to tell, right? And I feel that by you turning them into, um, you know, kind of creating a parody around them, um, you sort of take the weight out of these things. These are things that we have, we, you know, we experience and we need to live with, uh, but it's not all. Uh, it's not everything that happens in our businesses and our lives as freelancers. And I found that really like a new approach to looking at these issues. Um, mm -hmm. So we will speak today about different aspects of freelancing and today's a special day because we are recording this episode during a live business retreat that I'm hosting for members of my coaching program for creatives called Lim Now. So besides answering some of the questions that I have collected on social media, we'll be opening the mic for all of you in the room to ask questions. So um, the good thing, Scott, about this room is that we are all freelancers or solopreneurs and I bet that you, as you know, everyone here in the room, couldn't imagine our life in any other way. <laughs> so this conversation will really circle around what's, uh, what's not so great about freelancing, but also about the things that we really enjoy around freelancing. Um, and Scott, you know this is a listener-driven show, so we are going to start by answering questions 
from our listeners. So we'll start with the message, come some messages coming from social media. Um, for our listeners, you can send us voice memos with questions and comments by simply going to martinaflor.com slash voice message or email your voice memo to podcast at martinaflor.com. So today we have a question coming in from Josh on Instagram. How do you keep from burnout if your hobby, doing something you love, becomes your full-time gig? This is such a great question to get started because most of us that have started or are starting a business in the creative industries are, you know, are here most probably because we enjoy doing what we do, right? We had that first spark where we discovered that illustration was our thing, or we found out that, that we were really good at lettering. And, you know, personally, I, I, when I started doing lettering, I thought, okay, I, I feel I have a talent for this. And on top of that, I enjoy it. So because you enjoy it, um, you want to do more of that. And a way of doing more of that is to turn it into your full-time job, right? Which is great. I'm all for it. I think it's a great way of um, approaching life and a business. Um, but I feel that in the world of art, we go above and beyond. And we, with that, with the fact that we love what we do, we tend to also push the limits of our well-being. So we neglect our main creative tool, which is our bodies and our minds. So we really, there's a, a very strong tendency to, um, to overwork and to do more um, more of what we actually need to do, right? And I want to pass it on to you, Scott, um, and see what, what would you say, Josh, that is wondering, hey, I love what I do, and I, you know, I want to turn it into my full-time gig, but how do I keep the balance? How do I um, keep myself from not um, being burned out? Yeah, uh, this is a question I get asked pretty frequently. And I think the answer kind of varies depending on who you are as a person and kind of like what you enjoy. So my, my experience is I've hit burnout a number of times, and this is early on in my career for sure. Um, solely because you are, um, in this mindset of like, okay, I know exactly what I'm trying to achieve with my lettering illustration, whatever your sort of like career focus is. And you know what you're trying to achieve and you're trying to achieve it ideally in a faster period of time than what is, you know, quote unquote normal. Um, and that's exactly what I did. Um, I, I was trying to reach like Jessica Hish and Eric Murnovich level when, um, you know, I had like a year of experience and I was like, oh, I'll reach this point in like two years. But like in reality, it takes, you know, you got to put in your 10,000 hours type of thing. Um, so I know the burnout can easily happen in that sense because you're trying to um, cram, you know, 10 years worth of experience into a short, you know, one or two year time period. And it's just not possible, you know, like you got to take the time to, um, you know, whether that's like go through some educational program or workshop or whatever and put in the time and the practice to like get to that point. Um, you can obviously get to that point quicker than others if you're very gifted in the matter, of course, but not everyone is gifted. It takes the time and dedication to get to that point. So, um, to avoid burnout, my, like, sort of my personal advice and experiences have been 
to, of course, take a step away from the work. Like creatives as a whole um, need that like sort of solitude and alone time to sort of like recharge our batteries in a way. Um, because otherwise, yeah, you're gonna hit that point where you're like feeling frustrated or depressed or, um, you know, just kind of uh, having a difficult time, you know, expressing certain ideas or whatever that situation may be, it varies depending on the person. So for me, like what I would personally do is go for a bike ride or a run or do some meditation or journaling, um, a lot of self-reflecting stuff because that's kind of what creatives are. We're kind of in that world to begin with. Um, but everyone's sort of like uh, idea of, you know, relaxation is, or, you know, uh, some way for you to sort of disconnect from everything, it's going to be completely different. So like my idea of that and avoiding burnout is completely different from somebody else's idea of avoiding burnout. So don't like take this with a grain of salt. Like my, this is not like the, the tried and true way, but you do need that time to sort of uh, rest and recharge. Um, and I know it's like super fun and enjoyable to like do what you love, but you still need that like recharge time. Yeah. And I think that also, you know, the, the, the question that Josh was doing has already like the answer embedded in it, because once you turn your hobby into your job, then you need to start setting some boundaries to your job now. Like, right. You, you need to start treating your hobby um, like a job and kind of taking breaks and allowing some space for your personal life and to recharge, as you said. And with this, I want to... Um, Go on to a follow-up question, which is, I know that recently you have been exploring other things outside your um, your expertise, right? And I really want mm -hmm. to s want you to tell us the experience of like going outside of that thing that used to be a hobby for you, and now it turned into your full-time gig. And how did you decide to explore other creative um, disciplines like ceramics, I believe, and other mm -hmm. things? So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, that's a great, great question. I think, um, you know, kind of alluding to what we were previously talking about with burnout, I hit burnout so many times that, you know, sometimes you're in the burnout stage and you don't even realize it. Um, and that is the worst because you're kind of just like in this cloudy, foggy mess of a of a day to day life. And um, I was kind of experiencing that for, you know, honestly, two to three years, I was just feeling kind of like, I was clocking in and clocking out every day, even though I was enjoying what I was doing, I was still kind of like, what's the point of all this? You know, mm -hmm. I was questioning, like, I was questioning a lot of like my, my self-worth essentially. Um, and like what, you know, what the meaning of life is and like kind of some deep stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got to this point where I was like, I, I somehow like, you know, got out of this, um, burnout stage, if you will. And like all of a sudden, it was like a flip of a light switch. My creativity um, or expression thereof sort of like exploded. And I was like, I got to do this and I got to do this. And I was trying to explore um, all these things that have interested me for the longest time, but I just kept putting them off just solely because of how, you know, I would be so invested with lettering and type design and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, thankfully this creativity was like flowing and I knew I needed to latch onto it while I could, because as we all know, 
like that's a very finite thing and it doesn't really last that long. <laughs> so I was really worried about how long it would last. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna just go for it. And um, that's kind of how ceramics started. I've always wanted to attempt, you know, making my own pots and bowls and cups and stuff. And, um, you know, I just told myself like, fuck it, let's go for it. Um, and I've, I've been enjoying the process along the way and simultaneously, um, I've also been very interested in creating my own music. I know nothing about music, never played an instrument. Um, I, I, I know nothing of this world. So, you know, again, I was very interested in like, okay, this is something that interests me. Life's too short. I gotta get at least attempt it. Um, so I'm now enrolled in the Berkeley College of Music because <laughs> when I like uh, get invested in something, I pretty much go like full force into these things. Um, but also simultaneously, I do love it to that degree of like, you know, willing to go to school for it, of course. Um, so doing these two things in particular, it sort of allowed me to realize that, you know, as creatives, we are creatives first and foremost. Um, and it's not so much you are an artist or you are a lettering artist and type designer, but you are a creative overall because you are creating for the sake of creating, right? So um, through this experience, I realized this and I realized that my career isn't necessarily like lettering artist until the day I die. It's more of like what I've been describing as a spider web. So, you know, I'm doing a little bit of, of lettering over here, ceramics, uh, copywriting, uh, you know, video stuff, film work stuff. You know, I'm trying to do a little bit of everything um, as long as I'm expressing myself and creating for the sake of creating and, of course, enjoying the process along the way. I love that because that, you know, that's, that picture of your life as a creative is much more organic and much more opportunity-oriented, you know, like knowing that I love being a creative, but it could take different forms depending on the time and you don't need to marry it to something um, from day one and kind of be open to whatever comes to you down the road, right? And I think that yeah. oftentimes, especially for freelancers, that many of us are, you know, for a good reason, but we niche down to something or we develop an expertise. Sometimes our expertise, which is what can, um, what can make us stand stand out in the crowd is also limiting limiting us right so mm -hmm. it becomes kind of our um you know like the thing we have to live for and by and there's so many aspects to um to the life of a creative right you can be really skilled at doing something but also have other interests um and i know that i personally bought into this i know that you know in the beginning of my career like sort of laser focusing on lettering and really putting, as you said, like the time and hours of work really like made me feel that I had a skill and I could develop that to a certain level, but also sort of created an identity for myself, right? But mm -hmm. then later on, I started realizing like, hey, I have, you know, there's other aspects uh, to what I am, right? Um, and perhaps I can start exploring them and without thinking whether the people will think like, well, but you're a lettering artist, you shouldn't be recording a podcast, right? Or you're a lettering artist, you shouldn't be like 
I don't know, doing ceramics or something like this, right? So um, I think there's so many interesting things of what you said and this idea of the spider web um, of creativity. Can you, can you explain how that, how do you feel that has an impact on your, um, on your work, on your daily life, this idea of the spider web? Yeah, that's a great question. I haven't put too much thought into it, but you know, I guess the ultimate um, thinking is your, your career is not a linear point A to point B sort of process, at least in my opinion, um, especially as freelancers, um, you kind of touched on this. We're sort of like um, very able and nimble to accept random projects and opportunities that happen solely because we have the capabilities to pivot in certain ways. Um, and that's kind of what I mean by this sort of spider web is like, I'm realizing that you can kind of pivot in all these different directions. And let's say, you know, for me, I'm exploring music and ceramics, but that can then influence my uh, lettering or vice versa. Like I might take my lettering and put it on my ceramics and it might allow my ceramic pieces to be that much more, you know, unique. Um, so, you know, as a creative, I think it's great to explore all kinds of things because you're going to be influenced by all of those things and they're all like working together um, in a way. So I know it's easier said than done, of course. Like, I don't think everyone can get to that point where they're exploring all these different things because it is so creatively draining. So I know, again, just, you know, talking about burnout, like I'm doing ceramics and music and lettering and like, right now I'm kind of like, ah, I think I need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> so like, I know it can get a bit hectic, but um, you know, again, it's all, it's all just a balance. I love that. And I would like to, to open the mic to the people in the room because I see the chat like um, going on right now. And I bet that there's some questions that they want to ask you. Um, we actually been discussing a lot around this, like, you know, what are, What are the things that make you unique as a creative, which are, you know, Scott, you were talking about this right now, like all of the things that interest you are, you know, make you, you, right? And mm -hmm. they, they will very, um, very likely influence what you do. If you're interested in ceramics, this will in influence your lettering work and vice versa. So um, I think that enhancing those aspects of your personality will um, will be definitely positive for your business or for your um, for your exploring your creative skills right so yeah. I want to open the mic for um, those in the room that want to make a question just raise your hand and I will open the mic for you so Natalia go ahead so one of the questions I have is I think Actually, someone wrote it in the chat, but whenever you find this hobby that becomes your new medium, how do you compensate having other hobbies that have nothing to, like turning that new hobby into your new medium or job? Like, how do you separate? Because I find that a lot of times as, as creatives, we find hobbies that actually have a lot to do with our work. So how do you find those boundaries between what is really solely a hobby and you're doing it because you enjoy it and what you actually find that 
you can bring to your work. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I I think I understand what you're asking. It's a it's a tough balance for sure. I'm still so new into ceramics and music that luckily they are still hobbies and they haven't reached that point of like transitioning into, you know, like a full-time career. So um, I can't really talk too much about that just because it's still so new for me. But in my opinion, um, when a hobby starts to make you money and it takes away from your you know, current day-to-day -day job, that's kind of when you have to realize like, wait, do I want to make this transition or do I want to say no to the money and solely do it for the sake of doing it? You know, that I think that's kind of where that distinction happens is like when there's money involved with your hobby or like if you can sell this item, if you can like um, teach a class or something, I don't know what, whatever the sort of situation is. But once it starts like bringing an income, that's where you have to question like, where you want to go from there. Um, so for me, ceramics is like one of those things where I just enjoy doing it and I have no intention of selling my stuff. I usually just post it on Instagram um, and say, who wants this? I'm just like, I literally just give it away for free because I don't care to like go through the process of like trying to sell it. Um, but you know, it's a tough balance. I don't know. I'm still so new into it. So I don't know if that necessarily answers your question, but um, hopefully it does to some degree. <laughs> it does. Thank you. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I would like to add something which has to do with kind of like goal and purpose. Like um, I feel that, you know, a hobby should allow you to be present in the moment and just do it because it's fun and you don't have any uh, purpose beyond just doing it doing that mm -hmm. exact thing in that same in that exact moment right so for when our hobby becomes our job then we have other pursuits we want to make money and we want to be recognized by this and we want to um i don't know win prizes or whatever your goals your career goals are um but i think that a hobby or the definition of a hobby could be um more like something you enjoy doing without any goal in mind without any anything beyond just doing that right mm -hmm. yeah i completely agree i think that's kind of like what i was trying to get at is like it's got to just be something you are doing for the sake of like loving the process and that's it <laughs> yeah i love that so i'm gonna pick up on another question lindsay go ahead yay okay um I just, I'll add just to that conversation about the hobbies. I think that even if it doesn't have to do with what you're doing with, because you're not like putting all your creative eggs in one basket, it makes you better, a better designer or a better letterer, or even if it's something that like I make jewelry totally unrelated because you don't have, you're not putting your heart and soul into everything and expecting to get it back. Yeah. That's not my question. Um, so my question is, is when you were starting out, um, what, where did you see that pivot from like beginner to feeling like expert or maybe not expert, but like, I know, right. I know the next client is going to come or going to show up. Like, how did that pivot happen for you? Um, that's an excellent question. Um, for me personally, with my my career, I started when I was uh, a sophomore in college. So, you know, at the time I was probably like 20. 
or so, maybe 19. Um, so I was pretty early on and I was doing it again, like you just said, kind of like a hobby. I was posting it on Instagram um, and that was it. I was just doing it for fun. I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed everything about it um, while I was simultaneously going through school. Um, and then one day I got a email from TGI Fridays uh, to like work on an ad campaign. Um, and I've never had a client at this point. I was just kind of like, you know, blown away that, you know, somebody would reach out to, you know, want to pay me for the work that I was doing for fun. Um, and when that point happened, that's kind of when I had this sort of like, you know, awakening in a way, uh, at least with my career, I, that's when I realized I was like, oh, maybe I could do this full time and, um, you know, transition into, you know, doing, uh, being a full-time, you know, freelance lettering artist. I never really considered it at the time because I was working at um, an ad, an advertising agency, you know, doing your typical graphic design work. And I didn't think too much of it. I thought, you know, I'm going to work at this agency for the rest of my life and everything's going to be great. <laughs> um, that sort of like initial email is kind of what allowed me to realize, oh, this is, this is serious stuff. Um, and that's kind of when I um, made this sort of pivot almost to try and portray my work more of a, um, you know, a skill set rather than a hobby. And, and um, you know, it, it's been going well ever since somehow. Uh, but hopefully that answers your question. Okay, amazing. I'm going to take the, the next question by uh, Yanni. I'm going to open your mic, Yanni. Hi. Hola. Hello. How are you? Good. Well, nice to see you. <laughs> I was writing the, the question in English because I'm not the best with my English skills, but I'm trying okay. to do my best. <laughs> no, wor no worries. Okay. I'm a big fan of your type design work. Uh, I think it's awesome. And I consider that your work speaks for you. But what happened when you published this new and expressive video of you speaking and showing this funny side of you uh, to the world. Uh, some new client or potential collaborator appears because of the videos. This complement your work in some way? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, part of uh, kind of like what happened when I started posting those TikTok videos, of course, in the back of my head, I was like, oh, maybe I'll get some work from this. You know, maybe a, a client will see these silly videos and want to work together. Um, I did get like, you know, five to 10 emails of potential clients, but you know, you know how you can weed out a, a really shitty, scary client from a good one. <laughs> so I got a lot of shitty, <laughs> like scary emails where I was like, this is not going to work out. You know, it was like somebody was like, I need a logo for a hundred bucks. And I was like, well, you can't, we can't work together. Um, so that was easy to just you know, pass on that type of work. But I think ultimately the, the most or the biggest benefit from posting those videos was allowing me to truly be myself um, and allowing me to not be so worried about like what a client thinks of me, what, you know, a friend or a, somebody else thinks of me. It's just me being my true authentic self. And then allowing that to, of course, be portrayed in the work that I'm presenting. Um, and that's kind of how this like 
if you see my website now, this is like a newer website that I just launched maybe two or three months ago at this point. And um, that's kind of how this new website came about. I started posting these like TikTok videos and realizing like I'm getting in the groove of like being me, being true to myself. And that allowed me to realize, wait a second, my work does not correlate with like this version that I'm portraying on TikTok. Like I'm a, I, I would like to think that I'm a funny, outgoing, like energetics type of person. <laughs> yeah. um, but my work was so, or at least the portfolio site design itself and like the copywriting and all that stuff was so serious mm. and so like business oriented. And so just, it was so boring. It was the exact opposite of me. Um, and so it was like this, again, a, a kind of an awakening or a light bulb moment. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be my true authentic version of myself, even on my portfolio site. So if somebody comes to my site, they say, I want to work with Scott solely because of his personality, not so much his work. The work's like an added benefit, but because like when you're working with a client, you're creating a relationship with that individual. And it's not so much like you know, here's money, give me lettering. It's more of like, hey, let's talk, let's be friends, let's establish a relationship, let's like hang out. Like I would rather establish that kind of relationship as opposed to just a simple business transaction. Um, and so I think that's where you're like your personality and putting all of yourself into whatever it is that you're doing um, ultimately will be a benefit in the long run because you'll get projects and inquiries that you truly give a shit about and that are super fun to take on. And like the relationship back and forth is like super, um, you know, engaging and enjoyable ultimately, you know, cause I, I take Zoom calls similar to this with clients and I can be cracking jokes and stuff. And if the other person's not like reciprocating, you know, it's not ideal to like have that type of relationship. You want something that's like um, gonna work both ways. And that's where, again, to, to answer your question, like portraying this version of myself on TikTok was like, honestly, the best thing that ever happened to me because it was like this self-reflectant moment um, and uh, realization. So I highly recommend everybody get on TikTok and post some silly videos. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. Do, do whatever like makes sense for you, of course. I love that because also we, we've been discussing or like conversations have been circling around this this exact same topic um, throughout this retreat, how, you know, the person you are has an impact on who you work with, the work you do. And I feel that as creatives or as illustrators or designers, we have bought into the idea of like, and I, I think I even wrote this in one of my books that the work should speak for itself. And mm -hmm. we have been hiding behind our work for so long. We think that our work is, you know, is us. And actually, we are the core of our work. And the more yes. we, you know, the more we start show, like showing up and kind of explaining uh, the reasons why we create the work we do, telling the stories that led us to create the work we do, then our work becomes a lot more richer and a lot more interesting just because it's coming from you, right? Yeah. And I, I can totally resonate with what you were just saying about like showing yourself the way you are because you will also connect more with the people you like hang, hanging out with and working for. And I've seen in your website that you have 
which I don't see often on on designers' website. You have um, your value statement. You have your values yes. right there, and I thought that was so so great. Like um, you know, I, I often you. I often um, go onto um, designers or illustrators' websites just because you know it's, it's like you look uh. at at work that you like to look at and that you know yeah. is, is similar to yours and uh and to the discipline you're working in and i always go to the about page and i found so many websites with like no picture whatsoever um mm -hmm. you know just the line like saying uh, this you know i'm a designer working for companies and brands which is like what well, yeah who are you like what's your story right. like tell me more um yeah. And I thought it was so, um, you know, the, your website not only gives you an idea of the, way, the work you can, you're capable of doing, but also of which kind of person is behind and in the forefront of the business, right? So, Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad you noticed. Thank you. I, I've been doing, like I said, a lot of like self-reflectant, like I've been going to therapy for the past two or three years and working on myself and through that process too. Um, one of the things we sort of like realized, or at least that I realized I needed to do um, is sort of like define my values, um, because that will ultimately, especially in a business relationship, it makes so much sense to make sure you're working with people that all ultimately align with your values, because again, it's going to make the business relationship that much better. Um, so I just wanted to like, you know, put it front and center and make sure clients are ideally if they do come across my website and read that that they are also aligning with these things. And if they don't align with my values in some way, then, you know, hit, hit the rocks, I guess, or <laughs> kick rocks or whatever the phrase is, you know, I don't want to like work with somebody that I don't, um, you know, hundred percent agree with in a lot of different ways. Um, especially in, um, at least those that are listed on my website are like my top six values. And that's kind of what my therapist and I were working on is like, okay, define those top six values and you know apply that to the rest of your of your your life and um i've uh you know tried to apply that in everything that i do going forward and it's been you know a game changer especially in the business sense so i highly recommend doing that too like if you guys um haven't done so like take the time to sort of do some self-reflecting work and you know question like ask yourself what are my values like what do i give a shit about what are you know what are the things that like allow me to get up in the, in the, uh, or get up in the morning and like, you know, go through my day to day. Um, that kind of stuff's important. And, you know, I wasn't considering it prior to therapy because I, you know, just wasn't aware of it. So, um, highly recommend. So good because you're validating a lot of the work we have been doing so far in this retreat, which was like, exactly this like really going through um our values and like our purpose statement and like the things that make us unique as creatives so i love everything that you're saying right now um i'm gonna take just one more question and um yeah and then we are gonna move on to the next segment of the show <laughs> uh, talking about your tiktoks and your feelings you had with them um do you think you struggled with burnout because you um, you couldn't be yourself at work before, and that was kind of um, freeing your mind or yeah. being, being more you and and put this into the, your work afterwards? Or 
Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, yeah, for some reason, I think Martina kind of touched on this too. Is like I felt like um, at least as designers, we're trying to portray a certain version of ourselves to clients. And for the longest time, I was always like very business focused, very much like here's my work, um, here's what I do. I'm very skilled skilled in what I do, X, Y, and Z. You know, and you list all your credentials, but. Um, I felt like there was a, a part of myself that I was like hiding from the world almost, you know, mm -hmm. even on, even on Instagram, um, I don't portray the same version that I, uh, would like to, or at least I've been trying to work on that, at least on Instagram. Um, but previously, like I wouldn't share my face at all. I would just post the work, um, say, you know, in the, in the captions, I'd say, this is the work that I did. Here's the client X, Y, and Z, whatever. And now I'm trying to be like, here's, you know, I'm trying to be a bit more, um, spontaneous and fun and organic and, um, myself, you know, at the end of the day. And, um, I want to make sure clients can see that, especially through my social channels, through my website, through everything, but it ultimately helps me, um, sort of develop these better relationships with clients mm -hmm. after they can see, you know, this, this true authentic Scott. And ideally want to hire this version of, of myself because they know that it would be a fun um, relationship to have as opposed to, you know, let's get straight to business. So, um, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, perfectly. Okay, <laughs> Thank <cool>. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I want to add something to that before we move on to the next segment, which is like, Scott, we were, we were discussing um, about this topic before in the retreat and we were also men also mentioning that, you know, we spend hours of our day working. And so it makes a lot of sense to integrate our personality, our life, the things we like into something that takes up most of my of our day or my day, your yeah. day. So um, I think what you what you are saying of you know, integrating the way you are, being more open about who you are, your personality, um, makes a lot of sense because, you know, you will be spending a lot of time doing the work you do and working in client assignments and doing personal work. So it makes a lot of sense that it brings you joy. It makes you feel good about yourself. It's aligned wh with who you are. And you're not playing a part when you come, when you hit the studio and then you leave the studio and you're like another person, right? So... Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. It just like removes that layer of like having to, you know, put on a put on a show almost. You can just be yourself a hundred percent of the time, as opposed to clocking in and clocking out, like you were just saying. I love that. So we're gonna move on to our next next seg segment, which is the better now segment, where we share something we are happy about or something that has impacted our lives lately. Scott, you shared a lot about your um, uh, last creative endeavors, but I want to hear more about, you know, some some project that made you happy lately or something personal that you want to highlight. Um, oh boy. Uh, I mean, we've kind of touched on this. I think, you know, the one thing that's making me happy right now is exploring music. Um, I've been really enjoying the process. I just finished uh, my first like music foundations class at the Berkeley College of Music. So, you know, I, I went into it knowing absolutely nothing and now I can read and write music, um, you know, not very well, but I can do, you know, some basic stuff. 
Um, so, you know, as soon as I finished that, like our last homework assignment was uh, writing an eight bar chord progression. And to me, that was like daunting as hell. And I did it. And, you know, I felt this like huge, of course, sense of accomplishment. And I was so proud of myself. And, you know, just the fact that I went through all of that. So I'm like stoked on my journey and excited to continue and see what happens next. Because I don't know. It's just all it's all a journey right now. Amazing. Are you going to share some of that on social media? At some point, maybe, <laughs> you know, right now, again, it's still it's still kind of a hobby. I'm, I'd be so nervous to share music um, right now, but maybe in like, give me like three or four years. <laughs> Exciting. I love that. Um, I will share that really I'm this makes me happy, like this retreat we are hosting and having you, Scott, in the um, in the retreat and also uh, recording a podcast episode makes me happy. I love like everything you have shared today with us, all the stories. Um, I love that I get to, you know, be part of the journey of all the people here in the room. Uh, you know, these are freelancers and uh, aspiring freelancers that are launching their freelance business or are, you know, pivoting their um, career focus. And, and I know that because I can help only a certain amount of people. There are some people that were left behind or left out of this program, but I'm so happy to have, you know, put together this amazing group of people that are really open with each other, are really helping each other and have created a small community that is supporting um, one another. And I love that you know, I get to create that space for them. Um, so I'm celebrating that with you today. Um, yeah. So Scott, this is the end of our show. Um, it was so great to have you here really and all the things you have shared with us. So where can people find you? Um, you can find me online everywhere um, at You Bring Fire. My uh, website is also youbringfire.com and that's pretty much it. Amazing. I'm going to add all of these uh, things to the show notes. And is there any last thoughts you would like to share um, before we go? Yeah, I was going to say, if anyone has any questions about anything else, like I know we only have an hour here to chat, but if you guys need any guidance or have questions about anything in particular, feel free to reach out. I'm always open and willing to like share my thoughts and opinions or feedback or whatever you may need. Um, feel free to email me. I don't mind. Amazing. So thank you so much, Scott, again. Of so course, thank you. This is it. Um, you can find me, the host of the show, uh, on social networks, at Martina Floor on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have a question or comments, you can go to martinafloor.com slash podcast, where you can see previous episodes, find show notes, and send voice memos with your comments and questions. You can also watch these episodes on YouTube. Just go to martinafloor.com slash YouTube to find them. You can, of course, listen to all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. So this is it for today. If you love this episode, subscribe to this podcast. And if you leave us a review, it will help others find us. Thank you all for listening. Thank you everyone in the room in the retreat. Thank you Scott for being there and see you in the next episode of Letter Now. Bye-bye. This podcast is awesome.